Yo, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done, your podcast on the what, the why, and how of quality training. And I'm doing something a little different. I'm driving home. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts I listen to, uh, you know, because the person makes a lot of content and they drive it in the car and record. And there's moments after I get done coaching where I just want to talk about stuff. And, like, by the time I actually sit down and get my mic, I don't do it. So I'm actually going to do this by way of my car. In the future, I'll probably use my AirPods, but I'm not right now because my AirPods, they're not friendly. And when I say my AirPods aren't friendly, it's like they record my voice and then they don't. And I never know when they do it until somebody says, hey, can't hear you. And I'm like, bro, I just told you a story. But at any rate, this got done with one of our trackside distance workouts. So for those of you who don't really know how we do things at GHP, so we have our in-the-gym strength work. Um, where we, you know, lift weights and get stronger and help on, you know, injury prevention and all those sorts of things. Then we have our track side work, which is all related to training for speed. So we have our track side sprint stuff, which is all about speed, you know, acceleration, max velocity, sprint posture, et cetera, et cetera. It's all things related to that. And then we have our track side distance work, which is about distance performance because most of a significant chunk of who we train are like some sort of distance runner across the field, across country, uh, road running, track and field, you know, those sorts of things. So at any rate, I just got done with the workout. We did um, some some tempo runs up here on the North Shore, and the kiddo I was with, I leave out who it was, had a little tweak of the knee, not while we were running. It was something that happened, like, over a week ago. And so we had to have a conversation about why she needs to tell somebody when something's wrong. And I suspect that you, listener, have been in a situation where you didn't tell somebody that something was wrong and you paid for it later. So, in this situation, um, I remember like a week ago we were running and I noticed a little limp. But, you know, kiddo insists there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong. And I'm like, okay, you have no pain. And in the past, this, this, this athlete has never shied away from saying that something hurt. Um, well, it's not never shied away, but it often won't shy away. You know, something hurts, they'd be like, ah, it hurts. And, but over the time, she, she gave me some insight into something. We'll talk about it a little bit later on this, this show. It's be a short episode. But during this run we did, she didn't say anything was wrong. I'm fine. So I'm like, I looking at you while we're out running, like, it's not like a major not like something major, but it was light. Like, I could see the rhythm was off. And so we run today, and again, I noticed their running rhythm's a little off. Uh, it doesn't look like it normally does. And so, but the workout was fine. There was no, no increased lifting. It was mainly only during the jog, actually, not really during the hard part. And no word of any pain. Pacing was fine. Time to hit, So, you know, I asked, like, hey, your mom told me about this. What's up? And so we get done, and my mom asked me, like, so how did this go? And, you know, everything was fine. I didn't notice a limp earlier. And we had this conversation about This is something that I've noticed happened with really high-performing athletes who are highly motivated. So it kind of comes from a good place. And amidst all this conversation, I want to address something was, that was told to me. This athlete felt like, she did not want to tell myself, her other coaches, her parents, that, or anybody really, that she was in pain or that, that something was wrong. It was like, a, you know, she downplayed the pain because 
she didn't want her workout adjusted or to have, you know, the potential to not be able to compete. She didn't want to not be allowed to compete, but she really doesn't like when workout complete because something's wrong. She said it feels like punishment. What do you think about that? Think if you've ever felt this way. She felt like it was punishment to have her workout adjusted and tweaked due to some pain or issues she was having. She'd rather just push through it than have it to just know. And, you know, I can see where that comes from. Your coach puts together a training session that's built to help you get from this point to that point, and if it gets shortened or altered in a way, you feel like you're getting less, and you feel like you're being punished for getting hurt. Uh, it makes you feel a little less than maybe, a little incapable, and, you know, you want to prove that, no, I'm fine, I can do it. I understand that, and I think that's where that comes from. But I want to tell you, um, who are, you know, listening, that as a coach, pretty good at what they do, and in talking to other coaches who are pretty good at what they do, and in talking to people who are newer to coaching or not as insightful and experienced because you don't say anything negative, there is a stark difference there, and coaches who are very aware of what to do or what's going on and, you know, care about the athlete, you're going to change that workout, and the reason your coach changes your workout is because our job is to get you from point A to point B in a progressive format. And we come to that workout with maybe a certain workout in mind, a certain way that we want to do things to be able to get you from point A to point B. But it's based on conditions. It's a conditional workout. Even in the gym, I have a conditional workout. But based on those conditions being met, we do that. But if conditions are not all met, we don't do that workout. And those conditions are the state of injury. How much, you know, are there's anything bothering you? You need to adjust something. Uh, how much have you done recently, right? If I come and find out that you haven't been training for two weeks, I might have to adjust the workout because you're going to get hit by a truck. Uh, versus if you find out you've been going hard for the last four days, either on your own or because of competitions and training with school, we have to adjust it. Because in order for you to make progress, if you come to me, or any of our coaches, I mean, with a certain condition, then we have to adjust what we're doing, coaches, to get you to from point A to point B. Because at that point, if we do the workout that was originally scripted, if your coach does the same workout that they originally scripted for you, that means you might get worse. You might not get better. You definitely probably won't get better or you'll get marginally better, or you'll get worse. Because at that point, the conditions you come with require an adjustment to your training to help make sure you make progress. And I would like to challenge you, listeners, to look at that favorably and say, hey, I come in and this part feels kind of broken. I want to still be able to compete. I still want to be able to make progress forward. If we play our cards right and we do the right adjustments, then that allows you to still move forward and may allow you to still compete, depending on the timing of all that. So I don't want you to view that as punishment, but that was really insightful for me. Like, huh, that's what that feels like. Because most average athletes look at the addition of work and training stress as punishment, not 
the adjustment or even taking away to accommodate for a problem. Most, you know, average athletes use that, or below average athletes, use an injury or a pain as a way to get out of work. Whereas, you know, really good elite athletes, they will push past that annoyance or pain to be able to get that same work. So I get where that's coming from. Here's the analogy I use, and I'll kind of close out this uh, show with this. Think about your life. And if you're like me, and like most of the people I know, life's stressful. Um, depending on, you know, maybe where you are, on, I like to think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but just really where you are in life, that stress may be very existential to the well-being of your life, or it can be, you know, just stress through the things that you need to grow, like me. I mean, I have real stress that bothers me existentially, but I also have stress, like, through business that can also existentially bother me, but also it's, like, very growth-oriented. So some of the problems I need to solve, right? Like, um, we're looking to add a new coach. Hey, if you know anybody who's coaching, or if you want to become a coach, we're looking for a coach. But, like, the stress of that, or, like, a growth, or, you know, some of the things that we're doing here at GHP that require me to be pressed a little bit, that adds stress. Some of that stress is for growth. Nonetheless, it's still stress. We all have stress. Some of our stress is we got to be able to pay the rent, pay the mortgage, right, or whatever. Family stress, work stress, your car broke down as soon as something else bad happened, right? Enough stress can break people, snap. You know, think like a twig, snap. When we're exercising and training, especially when it comes to training for sport, that is stress. When you are training, not just casually going for a run with your dog, you know, you don't take your watch, just go run, right? That's not, I mean, that is actually stress, but it's not really stress. If anything, that's stress relieving. Versus when you come up here and you run a hard mile repeat for, you know, going sprint, hard sprints, things like that, that stuff is stress to your body, training stress. And too much of that will break you, okay? You will get hurt. And... Being fat as an elite athlete, if you are really fast and you can handle a lot of volume, whether you can handle a lot of weight when you're lifting, you can handle a lot of sprints, or you can sprint at really high speed, um, you know, the faster you are when it comes to those things, or the stronger you are, the more explosive you are, the more capable you are, the bigger the fall from grace can be when something bad happens. A. B, the more you need to take care of your body because you're actually putting more stress on it than, you know, somebody else. For me, I did a turkey trot the other day, right? I ran a 21-minute turkey trot. I have kids who I just worked with earlier who can run that same thing in 15 minutes. His body is on an absolute level dealing with more stress than my body. Not on a relative level. On an absolute level, and maybe on a relative level as well, dealing with more stress than my body is. So he needs to make sure that he takes care of his body way more than I do. Not that I don't, but it's paramount at a higher level of performance to take care of your body. Doing your strength training, it could be something, uh, what we do here at our, with our athletes that's, you know, very methodical, thought out, um, to, and adjusted for what they need to do. Or it could really be something as simple as, you doing some body weight exercises or, you know, using your book bag to do some exercises at home for 20 minutes a day. But doing something strength training-wise and spending some time doing mobility and flexibility work 
those things help you tolerate the stress. Think about what you do to help you tolerate stress. Um, if you're on the more positive end of taking care of yourself, maybe it's waking up early, maybe it's taking vacation time, maybe it's doing some exercise, making room for leisurely activities, spending time with your family, these sorts of things that help you deal with the stress of life better. Or on a, on a negative end, maybe it's drinking or maybe it's, uh, you know, eating ice cream or maybe it's partying or all these other sorts of things that can, to some level, emotionally help you deal with the stress, although it's not a long-term but, you know, in essence, it might help keep some of the stress off of you because the stress of life can break you. The stress of training can break you. How do you avoid getting broken from the stress of training? You do your strength training work. You do your stretching work. They allow your body to tolerate the stress of training a lot better. And so I just wanted to, uh, wanted to bring that to you. That was a conversation I had 20 minutes ago, and I wanted to record that and talk about that while it was fresh. Um, so, yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Um, I hope you got some good out of that. Let me know, you know, your thoughts. And um, I'll see you next time on another episode of Training Well Done. Hey, make sure that you check out um, our e-books. Coach Kyla dropped the e-book on mindfulness and meditation and really being mindful and in tune with yourself uh, for your competitive and, you know, training life. And then also check out our e-book on exercises to get rid of running pain. Um, share this podcast with a friend, you know, um, share, you know, uh, there's also awesome, awesome good episodes on there. Anyway, I'm done here, people. Um, I just got to the gym, so I have to put up a coat rack that, um, I need to go to Home Depot and get screws for. Construction projects are very annoying to me, but I have to go put this, uh, rack up, so I will talk to you all later. Holla.